We're continuing in our series on the powerful names of God, but I felt led for the next couple weeks to actually look at a couple names of Jesus. So we're going to actually do that this evening. As most of you know, we're in a series called The Powerful Names of God, and we'll do a little bit of intro and then go to Lord in prayer. But one of the hardest parts of this series for me to, to decide is what names do I include? What names do I take out? Uh, because every name of the Lord and every name of Christ has meaning. Every name has value, amen? And every name of Christ and, and, and God is filled with kingdom power. It's filled with revelation of who he is and uh, what he's capable of doing, amen, church? So no matter what names I cover, no matter what names I leave out, as I would with any series, I encourage you to go a little bit deeper, because I can't cover everything in the limited amount of time that we have. So I would encourage all of you to, to find some resources and really get into the powerful names of God on your own so you can know him better and so you can have his power released into your lives. Amen? As I pondered what names to bring over the next couple of weeks before our break for Christmas, began to lean towards the names or some of the names of Jesus Christ, names that would add to our Christmas season and names that would encourage us even in the midst of our struggles and our difficulties as well. Because how many of you know that trouble doesn't take time off at Christmas? Uh, troubles and struggles and the storms of life, they, they don't take holiday breaks as much as we'd like for them to, Amen. Uh, the devil just never lets up and the devil never backs off. Uh, as a matter of fact, it seems like troubles and struggles show up even a little bit more during the holiday season because the devil just wants to take away our joy and our cheer, amen? Uh, and I'm not saying amen like, yeah, because we're happy about that. I'm just, you know, I, I want us to agree on that. So if there were ever a time that the name of the Lord needed to be a strong tower in our lives, I believe it's during the holiday season. Because the devil will do, like I said, everything that he can to take away our joy and our peace and our strength and, and reasons for us to just celebrate. But uh, it's why I wanted to bring us a strong name this evening. I wanted to bring us a name that we could count on. I wanted to bring us a name that we could stand on even in the midst of our struggles a name that we could build our lives upon and every area of our life upon. And that name is found in Psalm 118, verse 22, where the psalmist said, The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And that's the name that I want to look at this evening. The stone that the builders discarded, the stone that the Jews and the spiritual church leaders saw no value in has become a precious stone, Scripture says. It's become the cornerstone, David said, and the head of everything, including the church. It has become the foundation of our faith. And how many of you are glad that our faith is not built on some faulty foundation? Amen? It's built upon Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for a cornerstone in my life, which is Jesus Christ. And that's the name, like I said, that I want to look at this evening, the cornerstone, because that's one of the names of Jesus Christ. It's a strong name. It is an unshakable name. It's a name that I hope all of us have experienced that cannot be moved, no matter how severe the storm or the trials or the tribulations, or no matter how severe the attack of the enemy, it's a name that can't be moved. And when he is the cornerstone of our lives... Uh, we can't be moved either. When he's not the cornerstone, we can be shaken and we can be toppled. But when he is the cornerstone and we know him as the cornerstone, just like we might know him as Jehovah Jireh, our provider, just like we might know him as Jehovah Rapha, the one that heals us, just like we might know him as Jehovah Azir, the one that helps us, or Jehovah Hatikvah, the one that is our hope, when we know him as the cornerstone, church, he can come that sure foundation that our entire life can be built upon. And so that's the name that I want to present to us this evening and the name that I want us to know a little bit more and get a better understanding of so it can help us in our faith and our relationship with Christ. Amen? But before we look at that name, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we always do and just ask him to bless our time together. So Father God, we thank you that you are in this house tonight. 
We haven't gathered in vain that once again you fulfill your promise that when we gather in your name, there you are in the midst of us, God. So we thank you that you're here. Thank you that your spirit is present. Thank you that you have a word for us, a truth for us, a revelation for us, God. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is in this place to just fill us uh, with what you want. I pray, God, tonight as I always do, that your anointing would be upon me and the people. God, that you would anoint my mind, my mouth, my body, my words, my thoughts, God, everything about me to be brought under your control, Father God, under the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, that you would be heard and you would be seen and that you would be glorified. I pray, God, that you would grab a hold of your people as well, bring them under your control, their thoughts and the meditations of their heart, God. I pray that they would have ears that are able to hear what it is that you're saying to them tonight, God, and hearts that are ready and willing to receive. God has always come against all the disruptions and the distractions of this week, the things that the devil has thrown in our way. God, just move them aside in the name of Jesus that we could have fellowship with you tonight. We're careful to give you all the praise and all of the glory, and everyone said, amen. In Isaiah 28, verse 16, Isaiah prophesied something to come. And he says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a, a tried stone, a, a costly stone, or a precious cornerstone for the foundation firmly placed. And he goes on and says, And he who believes in it will not be disturbed. He who believes in it will not be stricken with panic, and they will not be shaken by fear. How many of you are glad that there is a place or a name that we can so know and be so acquainted with that, that when the world brings things against us and the devil tries to come against us, that we cannot be stricken with panic, the word says, and we will not be shaken by fear. And that's the name of Christ, which is the Cornerstone Church. So listen, I want you to know this evening, based on that word, and we're going to look at this at a few levels and learn a few things from it, but the first thing that I want us to understand is that if Jesus is not the foundation of our life, if he's not the foundation of our marriage, if he's not the foundation of our family or our household, if he's not the foundation even of our thoughts, if he's not the foundation of our finances or our business and, or any area of our life, church, if he is not firmly placed, like the word of God says, in the soil of our soul, if he is not the rock on which it all stands, if he is not laid at the foundation of it all, then we will be tossed and we will be tumbled and we will be shaken, the word says, and we will be moved. And eventually, church, the walls of our life will come crumbling down. If he is not that sure foundation, if he is not the, the precious chief cornerstone of our life, eventually somewhere when the devil attacks or the storm comes or temptation arises, we will be weakened and we will crumble and we will fall. And what the Holy Spirit is teaching us is the urgency to make sure that we know the cornerstone and that that cornerstone is established firmly in our lives. Because like I said, the devil will come to shake you and bake you. The devil will come to, to bring struggles and troubles into your life. And the only way that we get through those storms and those trials and tribulations is by making sure that every area of our life is founded on the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's how important it is to have a cornerstone in our life because it holds everything together. The cornerstone that I'm talking about tonight, it's what holds your thoughts together. It's what holds your life together. It's what holds your marriage together. It's what holds your household together. It's what holds your kids together and your business and your finances together. It is the chief cornerstone that Scripture talks about or was prophesied in Isaiah. It's talked about in Acts and it's talked about in Psalms 118, like I said. And Isaiah was saying, if you try to build on anything other than the chief cornerstone of Christ, you're building on sinking sand. And we all know what happens to the lives that are built on sinking sand, amen? They eventually crumble. They eventually erode. 
They eventually falter, they eventually fail, and they're eventually washed away. All of those areas of our lives are susceptible. It's one of those tongue-tying words. Susceptible to, to having those things happen in our life, church. But if Christ is at the foundation of it all, then it will all stand strong, even in the center of the most severe storm that the devil would try to bring our way. And that's who he wants us to know him as this evening, the chief cornerstone of our lives, the chief cornerstone of every aspect and area of our life. You see, the reality is for Jesus to be, or God to be, because they're all in one, to be the chief cornerstone, chief cornerstone, it means he's the cornerstone of every area of your life. You know, the sad reality is we tend to pick the areas where we want God to be our cornerstone, or we want God to be this, or we want God to be that. But for him to be the chief cornerstone of our life, he has to be that in every area of our life. He has to be chief cornerstone of your marriage, has to be chief cornerstone of your parenting, has to be chief uh, cornerstone of the business that you're trying to build or the job that you have. He has to be the one that's laid at the foundation of it all. And if it's not, church, eventually it will crumble and be washed away because Matthew 7, 24 to 27 tells us that everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And we know what rock he's talking about. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on what? It had been founded on the rock. It had been founded on a sure foundation. And I pause because how many of you know that life has the power to beat you down? The Word of God tells us right here, and the rain fell because the rain will fall on the just and the unjust alike. It says, and the floods came because the floods will come on the just and the unjust alike. And it says, the winds blew and beat against that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock, because a chief cornerstone was laid and established in the life of that individual church. If Jesus is the cornerstone of your life, no matter what comes your way, no matter how severe the storm, no matter how wicked the winds, no matter how strong the struggle or strong the storm, no matter how much the devil beats against your door, no matter how much in a spiritual sense the big bad wolf huffs and puffs and blows against your house, the Bible tells me that it will not fail and it will not fall down because there is a cornerstone established in its life. You know the story of the three little pigs. The first two houses were blown to bits because there was not built on a sure foundation. But when he got to that third one, no matter how much he huffed and he puffed, and this isn't in my notes. For some reason it just came to my mind. But he huffed and he puffed, and the devil will do the same thing. But he will not be able to blow down our life if it is built on a sure foundation and has a cornerstone established in its life. Amen? But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. Well, you know what the Word of God tells me there? It is the fool who thinks he can build his life without Jesus Christ. It's a fool that thinks that he can go through the day without Jesus Christ. It's a fool that thinks that they can have a successful marriage without Jesus Christ. It's a fool to think they can build a business without Jesus Christ. It's a fool to think that they can advance in their career without Jesus Christ. It's a fool to think that they can raise up kids successfully without Jesus Christ. That's what the Word of God says. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell because the rain will fall. And the floods came because the floods will come. And the winds blew and beat against that house, like I said. And the word of God says, and it fell. And great was the fall of it all because they rejected the cornerstone. Because they laid a faulty foundation, church. Because they thought they could do it all on their own. It's a fool that thinks they can do it all on their own. 
I'd be a fool to think that I could walk out from day to day and not lay Jesus Christ as the foundation of my day. I'd be a fool to go out there and say I do at a wedding ceremony and not include Jesus Christ as the cornerstone of that relationship, church. It's a fool to think that I could raise up kids, like I said, without laying Jesus Christ at the foundation of their life. But this is what the word says, and it fell, and great was the fall because of it, because they had no cornerstone, because they laid a faulty foundation. And the sad reality is the house of God, society, the world, and even in the house of God, there are people that are laying faulty foundations in their life. Foundations that are laid by the hands of man instead of by the power of God. They're laying faulty stones in their life and they're tripping over them and stumbling over them instead of finding strength in them. Church, listen to me. The only stone that has the power to keep you strong is the chief cornerstone recorded in Scripture. It's the only thing that you can build a successful relationship on or a marriage on or a business on or a family on. It's the only cornerstone that can keep your mind sane in the midst of the difficulties that the devil will bring your way. Listen, if you don't have the Word of God meditating in your mind, you're building your thoughts on sinking sand and one day, woo, you know how they blow up on you. If you want to keep your mind straight and your thoughts straight, guess who needs to be the chief cornerstone of every thought of every day? I know the devil will try to wiggle some wicked thoughts in there, but listen, your mind won't fail if he is the chief cornerstone established even in your thought life. Amen? Listen, our words should be built on the chief cornerstone of our life. Or guess what's going to happen to those words as well? be wicked and they'll be wild we have to lay a true foundation church the word of God tells us in Matthew that it fell because they built their house on something other than Jesus Christ and the same's going to happen to us unless we know him as the cornerstone of our lives unless we lay him at the foundation of it all please understand the stone I'm talking about tonight It's not some simple, ordinary stone. It's not a stone you can find on the side of the road. It's not a little pebble that you kick along the street. That's not the stone that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a stone that you can dig out of the the side of a mountain, no matter how big that stone might be. It's not chiseled out of some quarry. It's not scooped out of some sea. I'm not talking about a rock that's been fashioned or formed by time or by by the elements that we live in church or even formed by the hand of man. I'm talking about a rock eternal this evening. I'm talking about the rock of our salvation, a spiritual stone and a supernatural stone. Listen, there's no other stone other than the chief cornerstone, like I said, that we can build our life upon successfully. It's the only stone that won't be shaken, only stone that might, won't be moved. And if we try to build our life and our relationships and everything else that I said on stones that have been fashioned by the hand of man, they're going to falter and they're going to fail. And we won't succeed in those areas of our life, church. Listen, most of the people and all the counseling that I've done over the years, and I'm just going to look at relationships, marriages. When people come in and they're struggling in their relationships and they're struggling in their marriages and they're telling me all about these these areas of their, their relationship that's eroding and falling apart, one of the first things I always ask in my counseling session is, where is Christ in your marriage? Where is Christ in your household? Where is Christ in your personal life? And more times than not, he's not where he belongs. He's not been laid as a foundation for them to have a successful relationship. And especially when things get tough, they begin to maneuver as man. Instead of laying Christ down at the foundation of that, that situation, when, one of my, when any of my kids call my house, my daughter and, and my son-in-law, they call my house, they need some counsel because they're struggling. And listen, we all struggle, amen? amen. But I'm thankful that they call because they've got some struggles or maybe they're arguing. And the first thing that I tell them to do is stop and lay down prayer. Stop. Right now, whatever you're doing, and lay a foundation of prayer. Put the cornerstone back where it belongs in your relationship and watch how it all stops. 
Because that's what it takes, church. But so often we get so angered and we get so, we get so selfish and we get so filled with pride that we lay the wrong foundation and we put fuel on the fire instead of the sweet water of the Holy Spirit. We lay down a faulty rock instead of the immovable cornerstone of our faith. That's who Jesus is. And that's where he wants to be at the foundation of it all. Amen? So I'm not talking, I'm I'm talking tonight about the stone that the builders rejected. And when you get to know this stone, you get to know this chief cornerstone, you can't imagine how anyone would reject him. You can't imagine why anyone would not place value in him, amen? I'm in a place in my life where I can't fathom or imagine not having him in my life. And yet there's so many individuals living out there in the world that we know of that just have rejected him just like the Jews did, just like the spiritual leaders did. He came as the precious lamb of God and they rejected him. But the stone that the builders rejected, the Bible says, has become the cornerstone and the building block of our faith. Praise God. Amen. Become that thing that the church is built upon. It's what our faith is built upon. It's what our tomorrows are built upon and our successes are built upon. And especially our eternity is built upon the cornerstone of our faith. The Bible says that it's a tried stone. And it is a tried stone. It's a precious stone. It's a costly, invaluable stone. And it is a sure and strong stone as well. Meaning that this stone will never falter. This stone will never fail. This stone will never crumble, never crack, never break, never sink, never move. That's who who Jesus Christ is, the cornerstone of our faith. There is no situation in life, no circumstance in life, no storm, no trial, no tribulation that can move the cornerstone of our life. He is unaffected by the events of this world. He is a sure foundation, the Bible says. And guess what happens when we build our life upon that stone? Guess what happens when we build our marriage upon that stone and train up our kids on that stone and and anchor our thoughts on that stone? It becomes sure for us as well, amen? It's when we step off that stone that we begin to be swayed and we begin to be moved and we begin to be shaken and we begin to crumble and tumble and stumble and fall. It's when we lay a foundation other than Jesus Christ in our life. And if any of the the picture guys back here are listening, I need my clock on the back screen. And even if somebody has to go ask them to do that for me, I appreciate that. But I'm talking this evening about a stone that was fashioned by God himself. A stone that was laid out in Zion from the foundation of the earth, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 28. It says that that he was laid at the foundation of the earth, meaning that it was laid in place at the beginning of time. And what that means is this chief cornerstone, it was and it remains the cornerstone of creation. Everything that God created, everything that God brought into being was laid on the foundation of the chief cornerstone who is Jesus Christ. Everything was created and built upon this rock church. Reminding us where this rock belongs in our life, amen? The Bible says that from the beginning of time, He said, behold, I lay in Zion a foundation. But he talks about laying it from the beginning of time at the foundation of the earth. And it reminds us where this rock belongs in our life. Amen. This word in Isaiah 28 reminds us where where this rock and this stone belongs in our marriage. Where it belongs in our family, where it belongs in our household, where it belongs, and I keep saying these same things, in our kids' lives and in our everyday lives, it belongs at the base and the beginning of it all. Please understand, God laid this stone at the foundation of the world. It was the cornerstone of all creation, the Bible says. God laid this, God himself 
Elohim that we learned about. He laid this stone. He laid this precious cornerstone at the foundation of all creation. So how much more do we need him at the foundation of our lives as well? He needed it as the foundation to anchor all of creation upon. How much more do we need the chief cornerstone laid and established in our lives? Laid and established in our marriages Laid and established in our households and in our families, church. How much more do we need to lay the stone at the beginning of every single day before we take a single step? If God laid it at the beginning of time, how much more do we, when we wake up, before we walk out the door, make sure we lay that same foundation so that we can walk uprightly before the Lord, so we will not stumble and be cast headlong, the Bible says. So the path can be widened underneath our feet. So we do not stumble and we do not fall. Listen, the devil every single day wants you to stumble and he wants you to fall and he wants you to be cast headlong. But when we lay down the the cornerstone every single morning, every single day before we go out and make sure that we have a sure foundation to walk on, guess how successful our day will be? It doesn't mean the winds won't blow. It doesn't mean the storms won't come. It doesn't mean the enemy won't beat up against our door because in this world you'll have trouble. But what it does mean is no matter what the devil brings my way, guess what I'm standing on? I'm standing on a sure foundation that I made sure I laid out before I walked out that door. But how arrogant are we sometimes? We walk out that door without laying Christ out before us. Without laying down a holy, strong, immovable foundation. Man, I can make it all on my own. Two hours down the road, we find ourselves flat on our face. Because we've been walking on an unsure foundation. Because we failed to do what God did before anything else was built and anything else was created. Before a single day passed, church, from the foundation of the earth, God laid out the cornerstone to be the cornerstone of all creation. How much more should we do the same exact thing, church? We step out into this world without putting the cornerstone in place, without laying it out for our day-to-day lies to be built upon. He needs to be that sure foundation of every single day. And we cannot afford to lay any other foundation. We can't allow the hecticness of our day, the busyness of our day, the routine of our day. We're running late. Guess what? Be one minute later and lay down. If you're already late, lay down that foundation. Ask God to just be there. The path that you can walk on. Amen. Listen, the imagery of the cornerstone in Isaiah. It comes from the ancient quarries where highly trained stonemasons carefully chose the stones used in all of their construction of temples and buildings and, and big houses. No stone was more important than the cornerstone because the integrity of the whole structure depended on the cornerstone. And the cornerstone containing exactly the right lines. The Bible Bible teaches us and history teaches us that if the cornerstone was not exactly right, the entire building would be out of line. It would be out of whack. It would be weak and it would not stand when the weight of the rest of the building or the winds or the storm came against it. It would be vulnerable to collapse. So selecting the right cornerstone and putting it in its proper place was the ultimate requirement for a house to stay standing or a structure to be standing back then. And if the cornerstone was not exactly right, the house risked failing. Rejected cornerstones might be used in other parts of the building, but they would never become the chief cornerstone or the capstone, the first and the last stone put into place. 
Builders would inspect every stone and they would look at the lines and they would look at the cut to determine the strength of that stone. And they would go through dozens of stones to find just the right one to put in place to ensure that that house and that structure would stand. And we have to be that careful every day what we allow to be a support and a strength to our life. Every single day, we've got to make sure that we're building our day and building our life, that we do careful inspection to make sure that we have Jesus Christ exactly where he belongs so we stand straight, so that we're strong, so that we don't collapse under the weight of the world and the weight of the things that build up upon us. Amen? Listen, the only reason that Jesus could handle the weight of the world was because he was the cornerstone, because he was the chief cornerstone. Anyone and everyone else would have crumbled under the weight of what he did. Anyone, anyone else, church, there's no other name except Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, that could bear up under the weight of our sins and still stand strong and still keep us all together. And that's why every day we cannot afford to have anyone except the chief cornerstone erected and put in place in our lives. Amen? This is what we needed to understand and teach. He needs to be the first and the last stone put into place. There was a foundation stone that was called a chief cornerstone. There was a capstone that also called the chief cornerstone. And when Peter preached to the Jews, Jewish leaders in Acts 4, verses 8 to 12, which I'll read in a second, he quoted Psalm 118, 22, which I've already talked about, to show that Jesus was the stone that they rejected. When he spoke in Acts 4, 8 to 12, he was talking to the spiritual leaders, the Jewish leaders of the synagogue and their Jewish religion. And he was telling them that the stone that they rejected, the stone that they crucified, the stone that they found no value in, the stone that was sent to to the Jews' church, they rejected. But it became the chief cornerstone of salvation to anyone else who would believe in him. Anyone else that would put him where he belongs in their life. This is what Peter was saying to the Jews' church. Peter pressed the point home with his powerful conclusion to his verses when he said, salvation is found in no one else, he said, other than in the chief cornerstone. For there is no other name. So his name is the cornerstone. There is no other name under heaven and earth given to men by which we must be saved. And what this world and society and even the church needs to understand is that these words are utterly exclusive, church. There is no other hope than through the cornerstone. I mean, this world will try to tell you, oh, wow, yeah, there's all sorts of other ways to God, all sorts of other ways to heaven, all other, all other individuals and gods that we can count on, call on, trust in. But the word of God is making it clear that these words that Peter spoke were utterly exclusive. There is no other hope. There is no other way. There is no other name than the name of Jesus, the chief cornerstone of our faith by which we might be saved. He was telling the Jews, there's no other name by which you might be saved than through the cornerstone that you rejected. The cornerstone that you hung up on a cross, the cornerstone you saw no value in, there's no other way by which you might be saved than through this cornerstone that you hung up on Calvary's cross. And every Jew that accepts that stone, every Jew that believes in that stone, every Gentile that establishes that stone in their life, they shall be saved and they shall not be moved. Amen? Amen. I cheered when I read that even in my studies because I'm thinking, thank God, thank God, amen. I can't be moved because he can't be moved. It's exciting for us to think that. So the reality is if we are to be saved, church, we must come God's way or we can't come to him at all. If we're to be saved, Christ must be our cornerstone. He must be the first stone and the last stone of our lives. He must be what's beneath us and be what's above us. The one that holds it all together, he must be the rock of our salvation. As the builders would say, he must be the base stone and the capstone of it all. 
Listen, the stone I'm talking about this evening was prophesied, like I said, by Isaiah in chapter 28, 16, where he called it three things. As I begin to wind it down, he called it a tried stone. It was a tested stone. It was a superior stone. He called it a precious cornerstone, a costly stone, and a sure foundation church. A certain foundation, a trustworthy foundation, a solid foundation upon which we could be certain it won't be moved. And to those who trust in the stone, he said, they will not be shaken or disturbed. And so what he was saying is those who build their lives on this stone won't be moved. They won't be moved by circumstance or situation. And when I say moved, I mean won't falter, won't fail, won't collapse, won't be washed away. Listen, when the devil comes our way, in the Hebrew, the word move means a lot of things, but I'm not going to get into the theology of it. Listen, this is movement. And I can move under the, the weight of what the devil brings my way, but I can't be disturbed and I can't be washed away as long as I'm built on the rock of Jesus Christ and have him established in my life. Amen? Listen, my emotions may, might be moved to what the devil is trying to do in my life, but I won't be overcome I won't falter, I won't fail, I won't tumble and stumble as long as I'm holding on to the chief cornerstone and have them established in my life, amen? But he's saying they won't be moved by difficulties or disappointments because they are fixed upon the rock, amen? How many are you grateful for a stone that we can stand on? A stone that trouble can't topple. Remember, the word that I used at the beginning of this is the name of the Lord is a strong tower that will not topple, church. And the name that we're looking at tonight is Cornerstone, Chief Cornerstone. In every life, Chief Cornerstone. He says Chief Cornerstone because here's what you need to understand. Chief Cornerstone means the stone above every other stone. There are buildings that have multiple cornerstones, meaning multiple supports. And how many of you know you, in your life you should have multiple support mechanisms? You should never be an island to yourself. Uh, it's, it's why God created even Eve, because it said it's not good for man to be alone. I give him a help meet. We need help in our lives. We need support mechanisms in our lives. So, so cornerstones, support mechanisms in your life. Your spouse can be a support mechanism, can be a cornerstone. Your pastor can be a cornerstone in your life to bring strength and stability to your life. You can have counselors, and you can have mentors, and you can have good, close spiritual friends that can be support mechanisms in your life. But God didn't call Jesus just a cornerstone. He called him chief cornerstone because what he was saying is no matter who all else you have in your life as a support mechanism, Jesus Christ has to be chief over them all. Chief cornerstone in your life that you weigh everything else against. Because listen, man can give you faulty, faulty advice and faulty direction. It's why you have to have a chief cornerstone in your life. And you know more about that chief cornerstone through the word of God in your life. And he has to be chief over them all. Amen? He's the one that bears all of the weight in your life. But Isaiah called him a tried stone. As I, I've got just a few more minutes to wind this down. Isaiah called it a tried stone. Which means it's a proven stone and an effective stone, church. A stone that was tested and tempted and tried by the world and tempted and tried by man and, and tempted and tried by Satan even 40 days in the wilderness, church. It was a stone that was subjected to trials and distress and still found to be good and faithful and trustworthy and sure, Scripture says. And that stone is still found to be fully faithful today. Amen? It is a tried stone that was put to the test, is what Isaiah was saying, and yet it never failed and it never will. How many of you know Jesus wasn't a novice? He wasn't a stone that was filled with imperfections. He, he wasn't a, a crooked stone and, and, a, and a, a flawed stone. He was a tried stone. It's not an untested stone. It's not a novice stone. The stone that we're talking about here, it's been through the fire and it's been through the flood. Amen? It's been through the persecution, it's been through the pain, it's been through the struggles, it's been through the storm, and yet it still stands strong today. It's why it's a sure foundation, 
Because everything you and I could ever go through in life, Jesus went through it. Everything that you could feel in life or experience in life, pain and suffering and heartache and headache, Jesus experienced it all. None of it is foreign to him, the Bible teaches us. He's intimately acquainted with all of our ways. He knows our pains and he knows our sufferings because he went through all of them. He's been tested and he's been tried and he remained faithful and true through every bit of it, church. He never failed under the weight of temptation, even though the devil came against him. He never crumbled under the weight of the cross where everyone else and anyone else would, church. He never failed even under the weight of death itself. And the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone I'm talking about, remains strong and faithful and true because it's a tried stone. Amen? Please understand the cornerstone of our faith isn't flawed like I said. It's not a weak stone, a faulty stone filled with imperfections. It's tried and it's true and fully capable of supporting your life, supporting your marriage, supporting your household, supporting your business, supporting your flaws and your faults and your sins. He's fully capable of, of, of carrying the weight of your life and my life and the weight of the world, just like I said, and he won't crumble under anything that you put on him, anything. You're struggling with things in your life. Guess where you put the weight of it? On the cornerstone. Who's able to carry it all? Oh, but we think, oh, we can carry it all by ourselves. You want to know why when Jesus was led to the cross that he took the cross off of him and put it on a man named Simon? So Simon could get a taste of what it meant to carry Christ's cross and for him to realize, I couldn't carry this on my own. That someone was taking our place because he knew that we couldn't carry it on our own. So he gave us a cornerstone, church, a precious cornerstone, Isaiah said, to carry it for us. He sent us the precious lamb of God to carry that cross for us, church. Isaiah said that he was a precious stone, a stone of great and exceeding value, a costly stone, a stone you can't buy at the five and dime. It's a stone you can't buy at the thrift store. It's a stone that I can't go down here and buy at Mulch and Moor, this landscape center down the street. The only place I can find this stone is through and in Jesus Christ. This world is looking for all sorts of things to give them strength and give them hope. There's only one place they can find it in the chief cornerstone that's talked about in Scripture, church, and it's a stone worth our life. The stone I'm talking about is Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, church, the one that dwelt among us 2,000 years ago, talking about the one that David said is more precious than silver, more costly than gold, more valuable than diamonds. That's, that's, That's David's understanding of this precious cornerstone and the value that he was to his life because if there was a man in Scripture that went through trial and tribulation, how many of you know it was David? But he anchored Christ and he laid him as a sure foundation to his life. And he realized, even in the great sin that's mentioned in Scripture, he knew that at that moment he didn't lay Christ as the foundation of his. He didn't place him there as a cornerstone. If he would have stopped in that moment where he was looking over the balcony onto onto, uh, Bathsheba, If he would have laid the foundation of Jesus Christ before him, the cornerstone that was prophesied and that he talked about in Psalm 118, if he would have laid that there, he wouldn't have stumbled and he wouldn't have fallen. He didn't surrender to that, church, and we've got to be careful to do the same thing. He's precious, church. So I wind this down because he made himself nothing so we could be something. Please understand, 2,000 years ago in an obscure little village in a backyard barn, God laid out the foundation of the earth in a lowly little manger. He became the foundation of our life and the foundation of our faith and the foundation of the church in the process. He became the cornerstone of Christianity and our lives. 2,000 years ago in the little town of Bethlehem, God reached down from heaven and he carved out a precious cornerstone. 
for every single one of us who would believe in him in that cornerstone of their faith and the cornerstone of their life in the midst of persecution, trial, tribulation, famine, nakedness, sword, peril, all of those things. He carved out a precious cornerstone for you and I to believe in and lay our, the, lay as the foundation of our life. And all of those, the Bible says, that receive him and believe in him as the cornerstone to their life, what's it say? They shall be saved. And the Bible tells us when we look at, at, at Isaiah and we look at Psalms, especially 118, it says that it was God's work. The cornerstone that I'm talking about was not brought forth by the work of man or the hands of man. It was brought forth by the hands of God himself for his people and for those who would believe in him, church. And it says at the end of that passage, and it was marvelous to behold. How many of you know that this cornerstone I'm talking about is marvelous? It's glorious. It's wonderful. It's delightful. It's spectacular. And I can keep going on. And that's who he wants us to know him as. He wants us to know him, church, as our marvelous maker. He wants us to know him as our glorious God. He wants us to know him as, as our spectacular Savior. That's what this word marvelous means. That's who he wants us to know him as. But listen, if he's not laid as the cornerstone to our life, then we can't experience the fullness of who he is in our life, church. But when Jesus is the cornerstone of our life, he becomes the fundamental stone that structurally holds everything together. I keep saying I'm going to close. Let me close with this. If you ever seen an old Roman archway, you know what I'm talking about. The cornerstone or the capstone is that, that big triangular stone at the top of the archways that holds those arches together and it keeps them from collapsing. And everything is built upon that. Without that cornerstone, the arches wouldn't stand, and the house wouldn't stand, and the wall wouldn't stand, and it would all come tumbling down. If you remove the cornerstone, the whole thing would fall to pieces. If you remove that stone, the whole house would come tumbling down. We cannot build our house without the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. We cannot build a marriage successfully without the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. We can't build a successful family without the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. And God knew this. It's why 2,000 years ago unto us a child was born and unto us a son was given. And it's why that same son went to Calvary's cross so that he would truly become the cornerstone of our life and the sure foundation for us to build our life upon. And here's the last thing that I'm going to say is cause us to remember one more thing. Jesus laid down his own life. How many of you know Jesus laid down his own life? It wasn't taken from him. He laid down his own life, and it's why he was able to say as he was hung, suspended between heaven and earth, between God and man, as the one that brings us together, as the cornerstone that brings us and connects God with fallen man. You have fallen man on this side of the arch, and you have, you have God, glorious God, on the, uh, and you have fallen man and God, and Jesus Christ right in the center that brings us both together. That's what the cornerstone is. It connects us and reunites us with God, church. But it's why Jesus was able to say, as he hung on Calvary's cross between heaven and earth, it is finished. He was able to say, the work is now done. My job is complete. And the final stone was set in place. Because there on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago, that's where he became the cornerstone of our life. That's what Isaiah was prophesying of thousands of years or hundred years uh, before in, in the book of Isaiah. He was prophesying about that day when Jesus Christ would be the cornerstone of our lives to bring fallen man and God together. And that we could build our life upon that. Amen? And the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone of our faith. The stone that the builders rejected has become the stone that we can stand upon blameless before God and with great joy. 
It's only because of Jesus. It's only because of the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, that I can stand blameless before God with great joy. Amen? How many of you are thankful that we can stand before the Lord blameless because of Jesus? Amen? So I'm just going to ask that you stand to your feet tonight. And let's just give God a little bit of applause for who he is. Amen? The chief cornerstone of our life. Here's how we're going to pray. Maybe you've got some weak areas of your life. Maybe there's some areas of your life where you feel like, God, I haven't laid you out like I need to. I haven't put you in place like I need to. I haven't, I haven't made you that chief cornerstone that my marriage needs to be built on or, or laid at the foundation of my kids' lives like it needs to or haven't included you in my business like I need to or haven't, haven't established my finances or my business upon the chief cornerstone like I need to. If you're here tonight and you say, God, I just want to put you in that right place. I want you to be the chief cornerstone of X area of my life. I'm going to do that tonight, God. I'm laying you out, and then I'm asking you to help me build upon that. Amen? So whatever that area is, you just bring that to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this evening. God, it's my prayer that there was truth and revelation that came forth. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that we all would have gained a better understanding of who you are in our life, God, the the chief cornerstone that can bear the weight of everything life might bring our way, God. As long as we have it laid at the foundation of our life, at the beginning of every day, at the, at, the, at the base of our marriage and our thoughts and our family and our finances and business, God, at the foundation of every step we take along life's way, God, be that chief cornerstone. God, I thank you for all the other support mechanisms we have in life, but there's none more important than Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone of our faith, God. So where we fail to lay you down, I for, forgive us of that, God. We're trying to do it all on our own and we're walking our own ways, God. Absent of you being laid as the foundation in that area of our life, God. Be that today, I pray. Be the strong foundation, the sure foundation. Be that, that precious stone, that, that precious cornerstone, that, that tried stone that has survived all the tests of time, all the temptations, trials, and tribulations that the devil and this world brought against you. Let it be that strong for us, I pray, oh God. Let that cornerstone be established today in our lives. Thank you for sending us that precious cornerstone 2,000 years ago. It would become the foundation of our faith, the foundation of our life, and finally and ultimately the foundation of our eternity with you in this place called glory. So God, as we head towards the holidays and we head towards the the Christmas season, God, I pray that that you wouldn't be moved from the place that you belong because of the hecticness or the commercialization, God, or the, the secularism that, that is so often cultivated at Christmas time around us. Just be, be that strong, sure, immovable foundation that we build our holiday season upon. God, we're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. And God, whatever needs are represented in your house tonight, I thank you that we can put them on you. That we can go to sleep tonight, Father God, knowing that you can bear our burdens, that you're strong enough to bear our struggles and our difficulties, that we can stand on you in the midst of our storms and all of our struggles, God, and we thank you for that. Thank you for being strong. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being precious towards us, oh God. Just thank you for this word tonight. Let it find a place within the soil of our soul and let it grow into fruit that will last. Give you all the praise and all the glory and all of God's people said, amen. Can we bless him for his word tonight, church? Amen. You have a need, we'll tarry with you. Otherwise, go and be blessed and lay a sure foundation in your tomorrow. Amen.